I want to make one thing perfectly clear. This show is not about lumberjacks. My name is Christopher Grunland, and every month I share a story. Sometimes the stories contain truths, but most of the time they're made up. Sometimes the stories are funny, other times they're serious. But you have my word about one thing. I will never, ever share a story about lumberjacks. This time, a kid's party clown comes to grips with what he's become. All right, let's get to work. Bobo. In 1982, when I was 12 years old, I taught myself how to juggle. I had no idea what I was doing. I simply went into the backyard with three tennis balls and came out with the ability to juggle. It wasn't long before I heard the question I'd be asked so many times in the years following taking up that new hobby. Are you a clown? Clowns. I've never been a fan of the things. One of my aunts had a Robert Owen painting featuring seven clowns. Some of the clowns looked cruel beyond belief, while others looked almost ghostly. One looked skyward with its eyes tightly shut. Its red makeup cut across its eyelids, reminding me today of Gloucester violently blinding himself in King Lear. But back then, it was a clown personifying everything wrong and terrifying in life. The painting was placed on a wall within view of the bed I slept in when visiting my aunt and my cousins. My aunt left a hall light on so that I wouldn't trip if I had to use the bathroom in the middle of the night. Never mind that hanging the painting right by the bathroom door ensured that I would hold it all night or pee the bed before making a mad dash for the bathroom. The halo of light cast an eerie shadow on the clowns, making them appear even more sinister than during the light of the day. The painting was far enough away from where I was in bed to play tricks on my eyes. It seemed to shimmer and pulsate as though the clowns were trying to escape their two-dimensional hell and break free to wreak havoc in our three-dimensional world. There was one clown, though, a hobo clown, that didn't look as wicked as the others. His frown revealed a deep shame and sadness as though he were continually haunted by the realization of what he'd become. There was a time in my late teens that I understood his pain. Clowns and jugglers are different breeds, but as much as it pains me to admit it, much like chihuahuas and pugs getting together for moments of hurried, sloppy breeding, sometimes clowns and jugglers unite in unholy unions. I'm guilty of it myself. In 1987, a good friend, knowing I was tired of flipping burgers and mowing yards to make ends meet, felt she had found the perfect job for me. It's a job juggling for an entertainment agency, she said. She left out one important fact. Yes, I would be juggling, but I'd be doing so as a kid's party clown. Still, I was tired of my workdays ending with me smelling like the grease trap attached to the back of the grill during my shift flipping burgers, and mowing lawns in Texas during the summer was never any fun. 
So I traded my spatula and lawnmower, as well as my pride, for colorful floppy shoes and a big red nose. My agent's main job was running a circus, but her side job was an entertainment agency providing performers of all kinds to parties. The agency even owned oversized animal mascots. The main costume, a giant cartoon dog whose insides smelled like sweat, cheap gin, and shame. But if I passed the audition, I'd be part of Katie's Clowns, a ragtag troupe of painted fiends waiting to descend on children's birthday parties. For a moment during the audition, I had hopes that I'd wow her enough that she'd forgo the clown thing and let me put together a solid juggling act and send me on the road with the circus, even though I was still a senior in high school. When I finished juggling for her, though, she applauded and said it was time to come up with my clown name. Today, social media is full of supposedly humorous name generators. If one wants to know their hippie name, their stripper name, or even their clown name, it's a click of the mouse away. But before the internet was a thing, names were given to people by people. I'll never forget the day my agent, with her big pile of red Texas hair, looked me up and down, smiled, and said, We're gonna call you Bobo! Bobo the Hobo! While I was hired as a party clown, I would first have to prove myself in my new profession by doing grand openings for new businesses. Apparently, nothing sells gasoline, donuts, or egg rolls like a sweaty, juggling hobo clown stripped of any semblance of self-respect. I was more a target of ridicule than an attraction. While doing an opening for a donut store, a car drove by on the road and the two guys inside spotted me. They turned around and passed the shop, and then they turned around again. The passenger hung out the window and the two shouted at me. Fuck you, clown. To add further insult, the passenger threw a half-eaten apple at me. I don't know what it is about a clown that would compel a person to chuck part of their breakfast out the window in the hope of hitting the destroyed soul behind the makeup, but it made odd sense to me that there was no other option for those two but to do what they did. Perhaps it's a defense mechanism. People instinctively knowing that the kind of person who would hide behind garish makeup and flamboyant costumes might not be right by society. After all, Gacy was a clown, and the more I met clowns behind the scenes in that job, the more I realized that it was not such a stretched hypothesis. I once attended an event called A Gathering of Clowns, where hundreds of clowns were hired by a local mall for a day of fun. At least that's how it was billed. In the bathrooms where we all got dressed and ready, middle-aged clown men talked about strip clubs and poker games they had the night before while getting dressed to entertain families all day long. Oh sure, there were some clowns for Christ. Seriously. And then plenty of clowns like me, but at the top of the pecking order of grease paint were some of the most bitter and vile men I've ever encountered. The money was good, though. What I could make in a day as a clown took all week slinging burgers or mowing lawns. But what I could make all day in the Texas heat and makeup in front of a pet store, I could make in an hour doing a birthday party. 
and Katie wasn't giving me enough birthday party gigs despite all her promises. It quickly became apparent that she was bringing in performers to cover as many venues as she could. Birthday parties were only one facet of what she represented, and she strung along those of us at the bottom with the occasional taste of an hour-long party and a payday we could barely imagine at the time. Knowing I was being played and that there was good money to make doing birthday parties, I decided to seek out my own jobs on the side. I never signed a contract, so why not? My first solo gig as a clown brought me into a very bad part of town to perform at a daycare center. My mother set it up, telling a woman she worked with that I was a wonderful clown, even though I really wasn't. It was her daughter's birthday, and apparently nothing says, Welcome to a new year of life! to a tiny five-year-old like a six-foot-four-inch loud clown built like a defensive tackle. There was something wrong with the map to the daycare center I was given. I seemed to be following the directions correctly, but I ended up deeper and deeper into a part of town that even cops shy away from. All while in clown makeup. After circling the block for the fifth time, I decided to ask for directions. I had two options. I could stop at a convenience store and enter in clown makeup, letting the entire neighborhood know that there was a lost clown to toy with, or I could stop and ask somebody on the street. I asked a corner drug dealer where I was. To hear it from Nancy Reagan's mouth at the time, all drug dealers were evil, blood-sucking individuals who could shoot liquid crack from the corner of their eyes and instantly kill you. But anybody willing to help a clown, even if he made a crooked living poisoning his community, is a person with something resembling a heart. He explained the problem. The map I was given had somehow been copied like a reversed mirror image. Each right I took should have been a left. The entire time I thought I was moving toward the daycare center, I was actually moving away from it. The dealer drew a correct map for me and asked if I was interested in anything he was selling. I told him clowns don't do drugs. They drink in the dark of night to forget their days. He laughed and I taught him a magic trick as payment for his help. Before long, I made it to the daycare center. By the time I arrived, I was beat, nervous, and almost out of gas. And there's nothing more humiliating than filling up your tank in clown makeup. But I was there at the daycare center to make a little girl's birthday memorable, and that's exactly what I did. I stormed into the classroom with a gate reserved for cartoon characters and said, Hey ya, hey ya, hey ya, and an ook, 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 I'm Bubba the Clown, and I'm looking for Brooke. (coughs) I could tell who Brooke was by the scream and look of terror on her face as she fled the room. On her birthday. She probably talks with a therapist about that moment in her life to this very day. The kids who weren't terrified of me had a great time laughing and throwing juggling props at my crotch for half an hour. After doing some magic tricks and making balloon animals for everybody, a teacher opened the door to check on Brooke, who caught sight of me and screamed again. I felt terrible. Had I shown up as just a juggler, she would have had a great time. Instead, because of the makeup of a clown, I ruined one of her birthdays and she could never have that back.
After the party, while filling up my gas tank at a 7-Eleven, I swear the same guys who threw the apple at me months earlier zipped by, this time throwing a Big Mac at me. Hey, fuck you, bro! I don't believe in signs, but still, the moment wasn't lost on me. I went home, removed my makeup one last time, and hung up my foam nose forever. Flipping burgers may not have paid as much, but I never ruined a kid's birthday party working a grill. In fact, kids loved burgers on their birthdays, and no matter how bad the job got, I could always find solace in my own backyard. Because I'm a juggler, not a clown, goddammit. Big thank you for listening to Not About Lumberjacks. Theme music by Ergo Fizzmiz and all other music by Chad Crouch, a.k.a. Poddington Bear, released under a Creative Commons license. Additional voices in this episode provided by Zane and Tim Zarnicki. Not About Lumberjacks is also released under a Creative Commons license. Visit nolumberjacks.com for information about the show, the voice talent, and music. Next month, two middle-aged former punks struggle with who they once were and their jobs today in corporate America. Until next time, be mighty and keep your axes sharp.